0: and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and
1: Gold, coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr.
2: Zong! The earth was still flat, and clouds made of fire, and mountains stretched up to the sky, sometimes higher. Sets of arms they had Two sets of legs they had Two faces peering Out of one giant head So they could Watch all around them As they talked while they read And they never Knew nothing of love It was before her The original love
1: Welcome, everyone, to The Origin of Spunk, and Gold, back on the air, episode 19.
0: That's a cricket's blowing his load.
1: <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, this week uh, we got our little transgender episode. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, we have, uh, shit, I don't remember the years. We have uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, two thousand one. Two thousand one. Wow, is that ten years old already? And um, Myra Breckinridge from nineteen seventy, I think. Uh, you would think right. Kind of a notorious little film there. So, uh, Zom. <laughs> oh, and, yes. uh, I guess we should introduce uh yes. I'm the loaf as usual, and uh, as usual with me, Doctor Zom. <laughs> again and uh because i'm um <laughs>
0: <laughs> i wanna tell a story about a place you want to be this ain't no home sweet home it's home sweet misery
1: yeah so i, I changed it the beginning this week because uh, as anybody that's on our facebook group probably has realized by now i'm fucking i love the soundtrack to hedwig and the angry inch and um had to put in as much as i could so
0: uh that's what the free should have came out to
1: yes
2: we go
1: yeah
0: that's what they should have uh, the um, actual theme and theme song of the movie thor with natalie portman and uh, that <laughs> fucking big dude
1: so uh how have you been zom how's your how's your week been? how was your christmas
0: uh, it was a goddamn living fucking hell <laughs> it, it sucked it was a uh, christmas uh I, Let me tell you something, Bubba. Fucking fuck Christmas. (laughs) I hate Christmas. I don't give a shit. I woke up and I thought to myself, listen, okay. Yeah, you're in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, it's that time of the year. Yeah, it only happens once a year. You know, but I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe you should just stay in bed. Just blow it off. And, uh, you know, no big deal. And for some reason... I fucking kicked myself in the ass and got up and went and uh, got to listen to like a bunch of people fucking bitch complain, um, gossip, and talk shit on every single person in our family going back probably to the uh, Cro Magnum era. <laughs> so it was a little, it, was, it got a little old after a while, but the drinks were flowing and people were getting lippy and. You know, food was good. That's good. Uh, it was good. Yeah, you know, it wasn't that bad. It's the same old shit. It just, yeah. you know, just yeah. same old shit.
1: Well, um, I got uh, I got a really nasty something for uh, for Christmas this year. I don't know what the fuck it was. If It was the flu. From your wife? Cold. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. um, I, on, on Friday night, it started Friday morning, I woke up feeling off. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm getting mm-hmm. sick. On yeah, Friday yeah. afternoon, I felt like somebody had stuck a fucking ice pick in my eyeball, and mm. my nose was just running like crazy. And by Friday night, I felt the worst I have felt in I can't remember how long. Uh, my f- I felt like I had eaten a fucking hot coal, and it got stuck in my throat. Oh. Uh, it was brutal. Um, it's
0: definitely going around, because my sister said she's starting to get it last night, and a whole bunch of people fucking. I know, oh, and I have managed to keep
1: now. Keep your hands fucking clean and
0: and yeah that's, that's saying shit it's just
1: it's it's un it's unbelievably crowded at the Apple store this time of the year yeah, and I, and I know it. that's where it came from because everybody has been sick that works there, mm-hmm. and our store is way too small, everybody's getting burnt out because customers just pack in there almost shoulder to shoulder yeah. and there's no way to avoid it um
0: touching but, spreading germs it
1: went fast I mean Saturday I still felt like shit, my throat didn't hurt anymore, but uh you know, my, my wife and I, well, she, we drove separate cause I, I had to come from work I, and I had to work through all of this too, because there was nobody else to work. So ah. uh, yeah. So Friday night and Saturday day, I'm working. I woke up in the middle of the night, Friday or I guess early Saturday morning, just like how on in earth, how, how the fuck am I going to get to work? This is, I, I thought I was going to have to go to the doctor. I'd never go to the doctor for being sick. So, uh-huh. um, but my throat had stopped hurting and I went to work and just powered through and we went over to a friend's house saturday night and ate lasagna and fucking meatballs and sausage and it was awesome but i had to go home because i felt like shit and she crashed over there and everything. so
0: even though you were sick you still are
1: maintaining your weight <laughs> yes definitely i still had to feed that fucking cold a bunch of fucking chopped up pig lips and assholes and a meat casing uh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i was sick for christmas but um
0: Pig lips and assholes. That's that. That is the fucking tagline for our show. Pig <laughs> yeah. lips and assholes.
1: So, uh, what have you been watching this past week?
0: And see it. I watched. Um, I watched some new stuff. Uh, well, not new stuff, but you know, newer stuff. And then I watched some old stuff too. Um, I watched The Help. Which is a new stuff uh, out on DVD. And uh, I can't even remember what the goddamn girl's name is. Some little ginger girl is the lead, and she's going to write some uh, articles about uh, the African American ladies that are the uh, maids for all these southern rich uh, fucking asshole bitches in uh, the South. Uh, and it was pretty good. It was actually, you know. My friend and I were sitting there watching it, and we're just looking at each other like, "Can you believe that people treated people like this?" You know, it's just yeah. really distasteful. But uh, there were some pretty, there were some moments that uh, might have made you a little dusty-eyed just because of stuff like that. You're just like, "Uh." But there was one girl in it, and um, of course, I didn't write her name down either. But um, <laughs> she plays kind of the hussy of the town. Uh-huh. That's a dingbat, <laughs> and she reminded me of one of my ex-girlfriends because she was a blonde and she was so fucking dumb. And um, But she was like one of the nice people, and she had really nice big knockers. And this took place in like the mid-60s, early to mid-60s. And so they all had that kind of dress, which kind of was kind of hot on some of them. Yeah especially in the even the real uptight bitchy ones you know it just was kind of a turn on because they were uptight bitchy and they dressed like that and, you know you just wanted to fuck them anyway uh next one was uh, a <laughs> warrior with uh Tom Hardy that one dude that's the other star that I don't know named Edgerton um and Nick Nolte
1: uh, Huh? was it right
0: burp and um, burp. uh burp eh my friend Randy said he would watch this over and over and over and over. Uh, uh, this girl I know, um, I told her, I said, hey, I bought this at Walmart for like 14 bucks," And she said, I'll buy it from you right now for 20 Um, oh. I got to tell you, and I know Will and Sammy are like really high on it and everything. Um, I thought that the acting was was good. No right. problem with the acting or whatever. But maybe I'm just burnout out on sports movies. But it's just kind of like, you know. Yeah, it, I, it didn't. I mean, like there was. They were talking about you know getting a little teary eyed and stuff watching it and everything. And in parts, I didn't even edit that at all. You know, I don't know. I just right, right. like I said, uh, with sports movies, you know, the triumphant, blah blah blah. You know, it's just seems like they're kind of like cookie cutter. But it, it, the acting was good, I guess. You know, did you sorry.
1: did you like the fighter with Christian Bale? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I like that one just more or less because Christian Bale was a was a fucking crackhead and played a good crackhead and yeah. the family were just a bunch of scumbags but I hate fucking Mark Wahlberg so
1: um
0: <laughs> he can suck a cock and he can't fucking box for shit. He can't even look like a fake bo- like he can't even fake boxing good. He was that bad. <laughs> Fucking douche. Uh, <laughs> it's
2: just a good vibration.
0: That he can lift cinder blocks on a barbell uh, and, uh, you know, whatever. Do some break dancing. Um, anyway, I watched The Trip again with um, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. There's a chick in there named Claire Keelan. Never seen her in anything else. I think she's just done, like, British TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was um, Steve uh, Coogan's... Um, assistant and she's only in it just for a little bit and she turned my crank uh i don't know why but she did uh i just i watched that again because one of my friends uh wanted to see it he's kind of doing a year-end deal with uh stuff that's maybe oscar-worthy stuff and i i well i'm not gonna say but i this one will be on my list
1: my list um Are are we gonna do a list episode
0: I hope not, because <laughs> tell you the truth, I mean i th- I have some post-its laying around here somewhere, but um, I don't know. I don't know. That's so cliche. We have yeah. we we we're pigs and assholes on this show. We'll do a, a list, or we won't even do a list. We'll just like throw out. Um, I don't know our favorite foods.
1: Yes, of the uh,
0: of the year. Uh, yeah. Back okay, in November twenty fourth, I had some ham that was so fucking juicy and it just dripped all over my chest and my dogs were licking my nipples. Anyway, um Oh my god, I just got I felt that some I felt something move in my
1: trousers. <laughs> Swole up a little bit. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, but
0: that's the way I am these days, you know. When I think about food, it's not even about women anymore. Um I watched a movie now. On uh, Netflix Instant Watch, they have several movies, and when you look at like the little picture, the little thumbnail, mm-hmm. um, it looks like something just like off of TV or something real cheesy. But um, this is, I guess, it would be like a B grade movie from uh, probably the fifties. It was called Private Hell Thirty Six, and it's a it's a cop gangster kind of a movie with Ida Lupino. Uh, Steve Cochran and uh, this guy, Howard Duff, who used to be on Falcon Crest, except he's really young in this, which is kind of cool because he has the same voice. He has a real distinct voice. Right. Um, it's pretty good. Um, they're they're kind of bare bones. Uh, like I said, B-grade black and white uh, movies. Um, I think it was an hour and a half. It, it might have been just a little short of that, but it was still pretty entertaining.
1: I saw a few uh, on there last night that seemed like they were going away on the first. Mm-hmm. Um, there
0: there were there's several of them these, these old like black and white B yeah. gangster and cop movies you know the, and and so far most of them are pretty they're pretty good for for old stuff I the Lupino, you know I didn't uh, didn't turn my crank I don't know if I've ever seen her or anything else I've always heard her name and and uh, Terry Frost talks about her but she has a really small waist uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh next one I watched was uh Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep um, it's one of these ones like um, when Meryl Streep uh, – back in, in that time in the very early 80s, they'd throw like De Niro and Meryl Streep together, I think maybe in um, – was it New York, New York? or uh, But they'd throw like these people together, yeah, yeah. A- and the movies didn't really – weren't like big hits, and so I didn't see them. And now I thought, well, you know, I wish this movie Heartburn is what it is, and I think it was based on um, – Carl Bernstein, you had Woodward and Bernstein of, uh, you know, the Watergate uh, thing, all the president's men. And uh, I think Nicholson's character is based on Carl Bernstein and Streep, of course, is his wife and, you know, them meeting and all the shit that happens. And it was kind of a... It was a dramedy. It wasn't like super duper comedy, but it had some funny stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But um, it had a lot. It had some heartbreaking shit in it too. <laughs> it broke my heart. It was a heartburn, is what it was called. So, you know. But anyway, it it wasn't it wasn't that bad. I mean, but I could see where you know it didn't really you know become a big huge hit. Yeah, yeah. I always I was I was wondering you know, what do you think of Meryl Streep? Do you think she's a, a hot chick?
1: she's no I don't I I never look at her and think hot but she's um she's attractive like she's Mm -hmm. she's not really my type but she's um especially younger I mean she was you know she's not bad looking not really somebody I would gravitate towards um I like how she acts um I I, she's one of those people that I would hate to find out was like a total cunt or something (laughs)
0: What? Um, Well, the reason I ask is I watched that John Cazale um, documentary, and they were married when they were, you know, young, and where she died really young. But um, I think Pacino or somebody was talking when they were just acting on stage, and they were like, "Hey, did you see that girl? Oh my God!" You know, and maybe they were talking about her. Her. Acting chops because she's you know one of the great actresses of our time, yeah. but um, you know maybe in person maybe she just has a different you know I don't know but in this movie it was definitely very early eighties and she was playing a mom and and she was not attractive in this movie yeah. now like in the Deer Hunter um, I thought she was she's I could see like if you worked with her you'd want to fuck her yeah anyway um, <laughs> that's what Midnight in Paris uh, with Owen Wilson. Um. This one, of course, a Woody Allen movie, uh, and uh, as I'm watching it, uh, just the way Owen Wilson's clothes were and the way he had his hair – and of course, you know, he's saying Woody Allen's lines. I could just picture almost if I squinted, if they'd have put a pair of glasses on him, you'd have been like, fuck Woody Allen, you know? <laughs> uh, it was all right. It was, uh, I liked uh, Adrian Brody played uh, uh, Salvador Dali. <laughs> Dali! That was funny. I,
1: I liked that movie quite a bit. Um, huh? It was surprising, and I'm, I'm glad I went into it not really knowing what was what it was about.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I had no concept of even anything about it. Um I watched this with a group of friends, and um, it did not get over with a bunch of them because I think they're like morons, and so they were like, "Who's that Ernest Hemingway?" <laughs> uh, no, not that bad. But some of these people are college educated, and I look at them, and I th- and I, and I have said <laughs> to their face, "How the fuck?" Um, like this one person that I know, um, well, I don't want to say if it's a boy or girl, but I just went Shh. anyway. <laughs> um, has two degrees and made like really good grades and everything, and I made shitty grades because I was lazy. But they, I mean, no has no culture at all. Doesn't um, doesn't even attempt to have any. And like, if you said something about T. S. Eliot or you know. Um, do not go gentle into that good night, or whatever. They, they have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. They, they don't, you know, Hemingway, any, you know, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, anybody. They don't even know anything. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did you? Which means, you know, they're just good test takers, I guess, uh, or you know, the memorized stuff. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I like the movie. I, I, <laughs> I, eh, I don't know if it would make a top ten list for me, though. Um, the I reason think- I say that is because I think. Uh, Sammy and Will were talking about that one, too. And I was like, I liked it, but I don't know. And and as far as Woody Allen movies go, I'm not sure I would, um, you know, like Hannah and Her Sisters is like one of my favorites. Um, it's a good one. It's not bad yeah, or anything. Yeah. I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying uh, it, it, I don't think it would be something that I would put in right. on a top ten list. Anyway, which top ten list, you know, big deal. What about, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Columbiana. <laughs> uh, hey, did you hear that? Um no this uh that girl, uh Zoe Saldana is the star, and um I do not find her really attractive and um she was in the losers and she's in this and um she plays she always plays this like really kick ass um action chick. Yeah. And she's so skinny that you're just I'm just you know, she was going toe to toe, fighting with this guy hand to hand, and I'm like, "Give me a fucking break." The tops of her arms are about as big. I mean, my wrists are probably bigger, and uh, she's just so skinny. As like, there's, just, I, I, it's just not believable. Um, I thought it was kind of like a, I don't know, it did nothing for me. This one dude, uh, Jordy. Uh, Moila or something like that. He played in the movie Blow. He was Johnny Depp's buddy in that. Uh-huh. He plays the same character. He's a, a, a Hispanic guy, but he kind of has like blue eyes. Right. He plays the same character in every fucking movie I've ever seen him in. When he played Johnny Depp's friend in Blow that fucking kind of turns on Johnny Depp and sells him out. Doesn't sell him out, but he he fucks him over. <coughs> um. He's the same guy in this, same grease. I mean, he, he he looks like he hasn't shaved, got his hair slicked back really greasy, and is real manic because, you know, from doing cocaine, the cocaine, and then there's a guy, um, I wrote his name down, uh, Cliff Curtis, and he has been in a shitload of movies too, and if you see his face, you'll know he is because he's, you know, eh. anytime that they have a, um oh, what the fuck was the movie with... Uh Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Garner, where they went over the kingdom. He was in that. And uh, if they need someone who is not a white Anglo Saxon American, there's a good chance they'll pick him to play a part. <laughs> uh, next one was Bulletproof Salesman, which was a documentary I've been wanting to see for a while. And of course, you know, I remember when it came out. Um, and I saw the trailer and I was like, fuck, I want to see this. But then you just lose track of it. And I just happened to see it on instant watch and watched it. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's about a dude, uh, real life guy, um, who sells, uh, armored like, uh, SUVs and things like that, um, uh, to, um, people in war zones or, you know, presidents or of company or of countries, uh, you know, shit like that. And, um, at first, I thought, okay, you know, I thought it was going to be really sleazy, and it is a little bit, mm-hmm. but the guy actually does like a commentary and talks about war profiteering and how some of these companies, how they how they do this shit, and it's just basically like um, – Action reaction. They they come up with uh uh they shoot a car with a AK forty seven. So we make a car that can withstand an AK forty seven. So they stop shooting at the car and they start using the um, the uh, improvised explosive devices. So then they like okay well we have to figure out a way to make them better for that. Well then they come up with a bigger explosive and a bigger and a bigger <laughs> and a bigger and um. But the funny part was. Well, I don't want to give it away, but there was a good line where at the end, whatever, I don't want to say it, but I mean, it, there was a really good line where the guy that was doing the interview was like, well, if this happens, because he said, well, we're, do- we're doing this now. And the guy goes, yeah, but by doing that, aren't you kind of uh, – if you're doing that, isn't that kind of putting you out of business? And he was just like, uh, mm, what? Anyway, um <laughs> Next one was uh Santa with muscles, which I watched for Action Attraction, Metal Mikey's podcast Action Attraction, which uh we did a um a group thing. It wasn't a group thing, it was like a threesome, me and Emily and Mikey. <laughs> and uh well, what a babbling rambling <laughs> uh, I think we talked about Santa with muscles during that um uh, two hour Debacle. It was fun, and it's fun to listen to. But uh, we got off on a lot of tangents, including uh, the taste of Clint Howard's spunk.
1: That was that looked hilarious. I haven't heard it yet.
0: So. Oh my god, Ugh. pumpkin ice cream. <laughs> um, anyway, next one I watched was uh, the movie Rush, which it's kind of a. I I find myself if it's on an instant watch or something like that, I'll. Watch it. I, I must really like this movie because, first of all, it's, a, it's kind of a gritty undercover cop movie, which I like cop movies. I like uh, uh, police corruption movies and shit like that. And uh, it's Jason Patrick, uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh, um, Sam Elliott, and the immortal Greg Allman, <laughs> who plays a bad guy. And he doesn't say hardly anything in the whole movie, but he is a fucking scary, redneck bad guy. Uh, and i'm not talking about like a squeal like a pig guy i mean he's the kind of guy that is a rich guy maybe that's like a drug dealer and like drives a mercedes all the time but he wears a leather jacket with uh like the uh what do you call a fringe black leather jacket with fringe coming off and he's got that long ass blonde hair and you're like he's the kind of guy if he walked by you'd be like fuck you don't want to fuck with that guy you know but uh i really like it um It kind of is – it would be a good companion piece for uh, Jason Patrick's movie, NARC, also. Um, Check it out. I recommend – that's my recommend for the week unless I recommend something else for the week. But I think that would be a good one. Um, And I got the movie Red with uh, Bruce Willis on Blu-ray and uh, watched it. It looks – I I like the movie just to start with. I thought it was really fun. Um, But – I picked it up, I think, at Blockbuster on Blu-ray. And um it looks really good. It's um it's it's a it's an excellent transfer. The colors are very rich, uh blah 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 blah. Whatever. But I mean it does. I, I bought that Blu-ray player and, and um I bought some Blu-rays to start and then I found myself kind of not watching any Blu-rays. And also here's another productive this is funny. I have uh my DVD player sitting on top of my Blu-ray player. My DVD player um, remote control. If I hit power on, it turns my Blu-ray player either on. I think it it turns it on too. And but like the Blu-ray player, it, it, they all, they work in opposite. It'll turn my oh, DVD player off. Like the signals are just fucked up. But that's about it. I've got a couple of movies in the mail today that I just want to mention because I'm going to be watching them. I, saw, I told Loaf I was signed up for Netflix uh, blu rays It's only like two extra bucks. And I thought, why go buy these fucking things um, And um, when I can just get them and watch them? Uh, one is uh, Enter the Void. Yeah. Uh, and that's on Blu-ray. Um, so I'm going to turn all the lights off and – and get sit really close to the TV so I can see if I can make myself vomit, maybe lose some weight. So I, I, I've never seen it, and I remember those guys talking about it and how you know it, the the visual how striking it is, and so I, I did a void thing because then now this isn't on Blu-ray, but it's called Touching the Void, and it's a um, it's kind of a documentary. It says it has dramatic reenactments and stuff about uh, a um, mountaineering trek gone awry, I guess in the Andes and uh, one of the guys breaks his leg climbing into this mountain and everything. I thought, man, that'll look good on the uh, big TV. But so those are the two things I'm going to be checking Oot and uh, that's about all I have. Well, what was the name of that second one? Touching
1: the Void. Touching the Void.
0: I have Enter the that. Void and Touching the Void.
1: I've actually seen both of those. Um, that reminds
0: me of an ex-girlfriend, too. Touching the Void. <laughs> <laughs> because her, her vagina was like a crevasse, but not only that... Um, she was void of any like human emotion or thought.
1: Yay, yay! I hate women. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> I had another. Not really. I love them. I had another slow week. Um, uh, just because I was slow. sick and shit, and I, I'm. That's when you know you're really sick. I'm this fucking episode all over the place here. So you're
0: so sick that you don't even like even want to watch TV or anything.
1: Yeah, it was bad. So I mean, um, all- when we <laughs> when we went over to. Uh, our friends' house. Um, everybody decided to watch one turd of a movie called "Friends with Benefits." Oh my god! <laughs> I believe you Did watched you? this last week. Ooh! Mm. <laughs> wow. Was what this? What's this? A piece of garbage? I hated that fucking movie. Ugh!
0: It it, it cemented my hatred for Justin Timberlake, was, and I and I don't like Mila Kunis either. I don't give a fuck.
1: It was trying to be kind of like like a meta anti-romantic comedy romantic comedy and i guess it succeeded in some ways and one way it did that was by being as like crass constantly which was kind of weird um which is uh, that sounds weird for me to say on this fucking show of all things but they cursed so much in it i was kind of like uh i was i i kept double taking i was like what really like you never hear you never hear that kind of crass like language, I guess, in romantic comedies, unless it's yeah. a Judd Apatow movie or something.
0: But but it's it's like okay now, like you said about our show. But I don't feel like we get on here and just say like I've I've actually heard podcasts, even like when Howard Stern switched over to Sirius. It's like now we can say fuck, and so they just say fuck constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just because you can't, and you know. That's, uh, I mean, uh, wh- I hate Ashton Kutcher, okay? <laughs> but, of course, they had a Friends with Benefits movie out with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. And I hate Ashton fucking Kutcher, and that movie, I thought, oh, God, this movie's going to make me want a gag. I love that movie compared to this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Piece yeah, of shit. It was bad. I punch
0: this movie in the face.
1: Um, so then I went home. Uh, and wrapped presents while I watched uh, the Darjeeling Limited Criterion Blu-ray. And- I
0: almost got that on Blu-ray from no. Netflix, and I, I did
1: cleanse the palate, so to speak. Um, I think
0: we're going to review it sometime, yeah. so that's why I waited.
1: B- big fan of this one, so um, I, I, uh, I I like all of Wes Anderson's work really. So mm. me too. Um, then uh, on Christmas Day, um, we uh, <laughs> my wife fell asleep, dog fell asleep, and I was left watching Polar Express. <laughs> Um, I'd never seen it before and I've never read the book. Um, Mm -hmm. it was all right. I mean, there was a
0: book. I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, the book is, uh, the book's been around a long time because my, my, uh, my mom, my, uh, my wife's mom and dad used to read it to her all the time at Christmas. So the, Mm -hmm. um, she was excited to see the movie, but you know, of course, it's an hour and 40 minute movie, so they've added quite a bit because it's just like a children's book. But mm-hmm. you could tell it was made for 3D. There's lots of like stuff flying at the screen, lots of like train, like like roller coaster going down a big giant track kind of thing. And I mean, it was all right. I, I like the Santa Claus stuff at the end. I thought that was kind of neat, but um, the animation's already starting to show its age a little bit. But it, it's definitely be good for for kids. It's kind of gets some scary moments, but has a good message. I mean, you know, good Christmas movie, I guess. Um, and then the only other thing I watched, um, well, I I finished it this morning was the documentary Senna about the formula one driver. I think you've seen this one too. Mm.
0: No, I, uh, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it though. I think Sammy talked about it and, uh, or will both of them. Yeah. One of those. Higgins watched it recently. So, uh,
1: the, uh, um, we, we showed it at our theater and I missed it. Uh, but it's on instant now. So it's, uh, it's really good. Um, You know, I I have maybe a passing interest at most, probably zero interest in Formula One racing Mm -hmm. or any racing, Mm -hmm. really. Um, But uh, I thought this was, I mean, it's really well done and it's not like a talking head documentary. Uh, Those are the ones that bore me the most where it just shows people sitting there talking. Uh, This one is constant, constant footage. And the only time you hear like the talking head type stuff is only in voiceover and it, it'll show, like, the voice of as, you know, they're showing more footage. And some of the footage they had, it's pretty incredible. Like, um, you would think they filmed it specifically for this documentary. I mean, some of the background and, like, it's amazing they had cameras where they did. Um, some of the meetings with the drivers and the president of the Formula One Association. and um, But it was really interesting. So it's worth, definitely worth a watch.
0: It's cool when you when you find a documentary, like you said, that that you just kind of have – Maybe a passing interest or not even that in the subject, but the documentary is done so well and it entertains you so much that you're actually like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen a couple like that. Uh, I saw one about a guy who was a, a, who's like a fucking asshole. I mean, kind of an elitist asshole chef. In these you know big fancy New York uh, Manhattan restaurants, and he's but but it was just done in such a way. Now I'm i just been, I keep looking to see when it's coming back out so I can watch <laughs> it again. You know even though the guy was really just a jerk and you yeah. know but
1: it was interesting just watching him cook. Cool. Oh, well, that was it for me. Motherfucker, motherfucker. So um so yeah uh let's well, we're getting to our films now. The we're gonna take a break and I guess we'll do let's do uh, Myra Breckinridge first. Uh, since we'll get, we'll just go in chronological order.
0: That's, that means um, what's that mean?
1: That means in timey order. Okay, All so
0: right. we're gonna do the old one first. The old one first. What did before. you call that again? It's called
1: cran cran-a-le- Okay. cranological. I think something cranberry. So sounds right. good. to me. Take a break. We'll be right back.
0: Boing. In a world that has a country called England, three cinephiles battle weekly
2: against the onslaught of movie releases.
0: They review, dissect, and discuss until each is defeated. Jordan is the host. Ian is the sweary one. Noel is the grandpa and together they are the 35 millimeter heroes dig it bitches Do you have a big blonde wig on right now?
1: <laughs> All the time. And, uh, and rubber pants with a gas mask.
0: <laughs> I wish I had rubber pants on right now. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, I don't want to give away. I was just telling Loafs about the aroma of my bedroom sometimes. <laughs> I could use a gas mask sometimes in here.
1: Uh, so uh, we're back to review some uh, Myra Breckenridge. Um, I feel like this is going to be a challenging review. So, uh, Zom, I'll let you uh, synopsize and tell us a little about it. Okay. I
0: don't, I don't care.
1: Um,
0: well, let's see here. This son of a bitch, uh, whoever this fucking guy is, Alfie Alfie Hitchy wrote like a paragraph, but uh, I'll muddle through it. Um, see, there's this dude, and um, he doesn't he he kind of wants to transform himself uh because he i believe he feels kind of like trapped inside a man's body so he goes and he says hey doc you know doc my name's rex reed and i would like to just do away with the thing so anyway they do that um and then um Hijinks <laughs> ensues. Um, he is transformed into um, his other self, and he goes to kind of get revenge on his um, uncle, uncle Buck. uncle Buck, Uncle Buck Loner. But um, it's it's a uh, yeah,
1: that's what happens. Yeah. So um, this is based on a, a Gore Vidal. A uh, pretty controversial book, I, from what I gather, about, um, uh, well, it's literally about a transsexual Myron to Myra Breckenridge, um, but uh, I guess more importantly, it's a, kind of about, uh, maybe criticizing the view of gay culture in America in the late '60s, mm-hmm. um, particularly in Hollywood, how Hollywood is, you know, established, like you know, what, what, What is what Hollywood sees is like manly or womanly and that kind of thing. So, um, this, I I can, I'll just say right off the bat, this is a pretty poorly constructed film. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to follow. Um, but that said, I could really see how it could play well to certain groups or large groups of people. Um, but, uh, we'll get, we'll get more into that. Um, the, the opening sequence is actually pretty good when, uh, it's, um, it shows Myron, uh, walking down the street and it, and then, um, fucking, uh, Myra comes swooping on the stage. Myra is played by, uh, by Raquel, uh, sorry, Raquel Welch. And I'll just say she is distractingly <laughs> in this movie. Stunning. Wow. Um, so she comes swooping on and her dress is all low cut and she's all jiggly and it's awesome but so they kind of dance (laughs) together and it's it's a neat scene uh with them now was that before or after the operating room it's it's right that was after okay they're they're kind of tied together Uh, when it opens it's it's a cool like it's almost like it's like an operating theater and uh it's very stylized. The doctor comes in, he's smoking a cigarette and the, the sex change operation is as simple as him going like, like with a, (laughs) with a scalpel. Um, you don't see any gore, nothing like that, but, um, it just happens. And then it shows Myron dancing with his now alter ego, Myra. So, um, pretty well done. I thought, um, and there, you know, I laughed when they were talking about, uh, her making the change and, uh, the doctor says they 're talking about different options for the for fake tits, and he says you don 't want inflammable tits now, do you Because she she wanted some kind of uh i guess flammable <laughs> flammable uh goo to <laughs> create the tits so A goo um, and when, while they 're still introducing this is still in the first five minutes, but you know like I said raquel Welch dancing is she was busty and very hot and um uh, there's a great scene where it's kind of panning across it shows uh that dancing image you see on the cover you, you see a like a model of it uh kind of just constantly rotating in front of a billboard and um pans across that it goes up to a room and myra's looking out a window and all the while myra well myron in the voice of myra is uh kind of narrating and she says myra breckenridge is a dish and don't you forget it motherfuckers as the children say I thought, <laughs> thought that was a pretty good line too. Um, that had to have been pulled from the book because some of the, like I said, some of the film writing and stuff in this is just poor. So, uh, and um, I don't know if you saw it, um, and it seemed like a few times. I don't know if they had drugged doves in this movie, but they never got out of the way of anything. And uh, most, mostly in the beginning, when Myra drives into her uh, uncle's, uh, well, I guess I should say that her uncle has a some kind of it's like this really over the top cheesy like acting school. Out in California, and for whatever reason, Myron is a as a film critic in New York. But for whatever reason, he feels like he needs to get revenge on his uncle. And I, I, I miss—I maybe I missed that part of why. No, nah,
0: nah, you didn't miss that part. Yeah, so <laughs>
1: it doesn't really say why. I guess because he's like the epitome of not gay. Like he's male chauvinist. Uh, yeah, overtly hetero to a fault. And um, so anyway, she drives in in her big pink. I guess it a Cadillac. It's a really. It's a kind of a forties looking. Model, but she drives right over these fucking doves walking in the street, and one of them didn't was not moving. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty weird. So, um, but the, this film is a lot of a lot of one-liners. Uh, it's a lot of camp, and it's a lot of like like crazy costuming and stuff. And like when I was saying a group earlier. I really would like to watch this in a room full of like gay men. I think it would be hysterical because I think it would be quotable for certain, certain circles of people. Um, I feel like if this is a cult classic with anybody, it might be a cult classic in the gay community. Uh, one, because of the theme just to, you know, having your, having your, I guess, comeuppance against, uh, or getting comeuppance or I'm using that word wrong, but, Against the uh, the breeders, so to speak, but um, you know, there's a lot Kim, to just Kim Deal. Yes, oh, I got a, I got I have to have a breeder song this week for you. So, um, what you'll see. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, there's a funny line when the uncle calls and he says, "Remind me to have my masseuse come in at five instead of six because I'm getting horny watching my niece on TV." <laughs> 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 um. So uh, yeah, Myra becomes a teacher at the school. Um and you know she goes on these long rants about Hollywood and stuff and honestly I didn't really understand them. Uh, it's it's that kind of it's that kind of writing. Uh, Michael Sarn wrote the screenplay, and it just seems like one of those cases. And, and I'm enough if, if I thought long enough I could probably find some. Oh, it looks like he looks like he also wrote Eastern Promises and Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Um, no,
0: well, he might have did uh, the um the new one. The uh screenplay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um I don't know. It's just, it's it's one of those instances, and like I said, if I thought long enough, I could probably think of more instances where it's just one of those books that it just seemed overly difficult to transfer to screen. Um I've not read this book, so I don't know if they did a good job or not. But mm-hmm. um I mean you know the, and it could be the direction too. Uh, the same guy directed the Michael Sarn, and um, I mean, there's some there's some quick edits in it that just feel kind of, uh, I guess, cobbled together. Uh, they're trying to extract some humor from nothing at all, pretty much. I mean, you know, there's some conversations, and I guess the humor is that, like, you know, there's a there's a very uh, outwardly gay guy that is at the. Um, at the school and just him talking about like being gay is supposed to be like the punchline a few times. or they just like quick cut between that and some other things. And, um, and then there's these random old film clips that really have not a lot to do with a lot of the movie. I mean, there's a few times, I guess it works. Um, <laughs> one in particular with the, they do the old gag. I think we talked about it recently on something else with the champagne bottle. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some funny clips, but they don't really pertain to the film a lot of the time. Um, and let me just, uh, get on, uh, Mae West here because, wow, she was brutal in this movie. Uh, Mae West, if anybody doesn't know her is, she's famous for the, uh, come up and see me sometime line, which I don't think she even said that exact line. It's kind of like play it again, Sam, the line that got misquoted somehow, but, uh, so she's still doing the same shtick except she's like 80 in this movie. She's supposed to be the still sex symbol. I think she's a singer. Uh, you see later on her do a performance, and I will tell you now she is not a singer. She might be playing one, <laughs> not convincingly. Um, I did I did get a good laugh when she had the whole line of like the male suitors outside. I guess and uh, fucking Tom Selleck is, one <laughs> and he is a baby man. He looks yeah. so young. Uh, he did not have the stash. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so this Letitia Van Allen is, is Mae West's character and she's just constantly full of these one liners, um, that are, you know, they sound like her old films, except they're more crude now for this, you know, late sixties, early seventies time period. This movie was rated X when it came out. Um, like, we'll oh, here we go. She, to says, to she to go. says, she the guy, she said, how tall are you? And the guy said, six foot, seven inches. She's like, never mind about the six feet. Let's talk about the seven inches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, wait, here we go. <laughs> this movie gets a lot of those. Treep, um, treep. I did get a funny line. I don't know if, I, a funny uh, moment. I don't know if it was meant to be funny when, uh, when, uh, Raquel Welch is kind of railing on this whole Hollywood thing again. And she, uh, she says the decline in our music saddens me nearly as much as the decline in our films. And I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? The movie I'm watching here. (laughs) Uh, um there was a scene that i thought worked pretty well or it could have if it was done a little better it's right in the middle and uncle buck and he's uncle buck is played by uh john houston who uh, for some reason looked super super familiar but i don't remember where i've seen him before and he's been in a he's been in quite a bit of stuff or was in quite a bit of stuff oh, yeah, yeah but i mean you know treasure of the sierra madre maybe that's where i recognize him from maltese falcon he was in um he's been in some classics, but he 's really gross in this movie <laughs> which, old and gross old and gross um I'm surprised you didn't they didn 't show his like old man balls at one point, but very little nudity in the movie except for some very attractive female nudity, which I guess that's a good thing oh and a particular ass scene i guess <laughs> couple um the um but i, I like the scene when him and uh, buck and this guy that i wasn't sure who he was but um, they they were kind of giving advice to one another about where to take the school and what to do with Myra and everything. And this guy is very, like, old school. Like, he's kind of disgusted by how films are now. And he said, I laughed when he said, I mean, filth, Buck, I saw this picture where people were fornicating. Fornicating! <laughs> Which is pretty good. But, and, you know, it almost made a good point in this scene. It's like, I guess it's a soda shop. So they're talking, He's he's going on this rant about how the gays are ruining... Hollywood and society and everything. And all the while, there's like a hippie getting assaulted by cops right outside the window. And there's like these two people just like basically making out behind the counter. And she, this chick is rubbing this like peanut butter sandwich all over the back of this dude's head. or nope. It was kind of weird, but it it didn't last long enough. It wasn't like, it could have been better. Like it's that, that scene right there is kind of the point the whole movie was trying to make. Being kind of uh, hyperbolic about you know, the problems that people had with gay culture when really is that the problem that we were facing at that time. So um I did see some uh, major tan lines sneak in there. I thought of you. Uh <laughs> two people like ran off at one scene. Jeez. And there was <laughs> there was definite tan lines there. And uh right that right at that scene too, I, I liked when there was like a cowboy just standing there and somebody walks by and says bang bang and the cowboy's like fuck off. Like, kind of a, <laughs> kind of a one off I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and the, I guess the other underlying thing in this, uh, this film is, uh, Myra not only trying to okay, take over her uncle Buck's school, but also trying to, there's this, there's this actor, um, who plays the actor? Do you know? I mean, who plays, who plays this? What actor plays this actor? <laughs> it Roger I, Heron. It was it Rusty Godowski.
0: Fuck! I Rusty was the guy. Yeah, I mean, Rusty, the name Ru- of the, his the name's guy, Roger I, Heron. I, I
1: don't. I didn't yeah, recognize yeah. him for anything else, but he's like he's got the. I was little, actually
0: laying on the floor when you asked me that, so then I had to get up, and then you <laughs> answered it before I fucking could even sit in my chair.
1: Oh, he was only ever in two movies. He was. He played uncredited townsperson in Paint Your Wagon <laughs> and in <ended> this movie. <laughs> so he's got this like Southern charm thing, and um, he's uh, he's again he's one of those people that are heterosexual to a fault. Um and he might be even homophobic like he's always saying that a man and a woman are the only ones that should be together and
0: uh it's (laughs) kind of dumb yeah
1: yeah somebody said how should a man act and he said he should ball chicks that's how (laughs) (laughs) um so ball i I always
0: like like (laughs) when they say ball ball, yeah uh,
1: ball so myra's uh myra's you don't even
0: (laughs) fuck him you just drag your balls (laughs) all over him (laughs)
1: So Myra's uh, quest is kind of I guess to turn him gay, I don't know. Uh she she uh g- gets him in various situations where he needs to remove his clothing. Um and one of which I guess is pretty infamous now, uh, of all the uh, I'll just say of all the rape scenes I expected to see next on our show, I didn't I wouldn't have put this one together in my Please. mind. Um it's not a not a badly done scene, I guess. Uh it's kind of it's not like irreversible. It's, it's not like irreversible. It's 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 over the top. I could it's I hear better.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of Mae West can't she can't keep her teeth in her mouth. And the part where I talked about oh. this, she her singing, like I, I don't know, she's got that old lady like toothy just like argh, all the time. And the scene with her singing is just really bad. <laughs> uh, oh my god. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> And uh, I got to mention uh, Farrah Fawcett in this one. nom, nom. nom and I'm, I I have a feeling this is why you've posted some Farrah Fawcett type links recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, man, she was cutie in this one. Yeah, she, she plays another game. dummy, like another kind of uh, like uh, anti-gay dummy in this one, and Bubblehead. So Myra's trying to kind of fuck her with her too, and so and you know the, all the time they. Uh, you know, like Buck always calls his nephew Myron fag and all this stuff, and, <laughs> and you know they're they're portraying him as gay, but it seems like he's in love with, you know, with uh, Farrah Fawcett's character. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I you know, I don't. He know. was
0: confused, maybe. Very, I don't com- know.
1: very confused. Um, Myron was played by Rex Reed, um, but in, in, it was kind of neat, I guess, in the movie how they would kind of switch him and Raquel Welch out at times, so you'd still. I guess remember, um, the, uh, the reveal finally in the film, uh, i read how it's revealed in the book. Um, I feel like it was probably done a lot better in the book. Although, um, I could see if this was, if this reveal was probably done today, it probably would have shown a lot more. This is a, why mm-hmm. I say reveal, reveal when they finally, when people finally find out that Myra is Myron. <clears throat> um, but yeah, uh, we get to see actually Farrah Fawcett with her top open a few times, and that was pretty high. If if only uh, if only Raquel Welch's top would have fallen open too. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I you know I I, I want to hear your notes on this too because like I said, this was not this was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, I've mm-hmm. heard this talked as far, I've heard, I read this as described as one of the worst films ever made. I don't know if I'd go that far. No, it was pretty shitty like cons- poorly constructed, but it had potential. I think it could have done better in different hands mm-hmm. so uh,
0: I, I well, what you have to say. um i think that with with uh, some of these movies when they when they i don't know when when they try and go like old school and try and go really campy yeah it's like when uh when um they would Okay, like the Adam West uh, Batman. Okay, it was super camp, you know, and it was yeah. popular. But that was a different time. And then they come back and somebody says, "Okay, let's make a Batman movie." Well, we'll make it campy like that, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, that's that I sort of don't like that when they do that. It was a different time when the fucking uh, Keystone Cops and shit were, you know, out there. And and, and I'm not saying it, it, I could watch something like that. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, or or something like that, now and appreciate it, or, or even the Batman, or or, or uh, fucking Brady Bunch, or something like that. But you know, eh. when they try it, when they try and recapture
1: that, it just eh. it seems forced here. Yeah, uh, but like I said, I think it would. Pl- I think this could play really well to a certain audience.
0: Zaniness. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I like zany, but I don't know. Sometimes it, it just doesn't work. Uh, Buck Loner. <laughs> I uh I enjoyed for some reason just the name Buck Loner. Just I like the name. Yeah. But not only that, um I <laughs> I would love to have like his fucking cowboy outfit with that big hat. And uh he was he was like sitting on uh, it had to been like fucking Roy Rogers horse trigger or something that is like a stuffed horse. Uh and it's just his um his lair or his office or whatever is just a um a tribute to it's supposed to be a tribute to like hollywood uh cowboys which is basically a tribute to um you know fake bullshit that's not you know that was never real i mean he's dressed like this this uh tom mix kind of cowboy which was so nobody ever dressed like that was so fakey um that was kind of like a tribute to to hollywood and you know um uh, american women are anxious um uh for men to rape them that was a line you know uh, and and you know so a, a, a lot of it has to do with um Like the misogyny and everything, uh, misogynistic attitudes of Hollywood, you know. Um, And that's what it's almost. I was talking this week of, you know, some political stuff or whatever online. That was a shocker. And um, (laughs) about the, you know, uh, these people that say, uh, you know, we need to bring, you know, uh, morals and, uh, you know, family values and everything. Meanwhile, the exact same people are doing all this. Shit. And that's sort of how Hollywood was. I mean, if you get any of those books that are like Hollywood Babylon and, um, you know, like this movie, they're railing against homosexuality and they're railing against, um, you know, showing fornication on the screen and everything. Meanwhile, these studio execs are fucking everything that they can get their hands on. They're basically, you know, using all their power to manipulate. Uh, girls and and guys mm-hmm. uh, into having sex with them, uh, having these wild parties and all kind of shit like that. Um, Buck Loner is uh, it, it, there was one scene where he's playing cards uh, with three or four other of his cronies, and they're all dressed like cowboys and everything. And I just thought, okay, that's probably like John Wayne, uh, John Ford, yep. Lee Marvin, and you know, <laughs> like he's just, and Robert Mitchum, all just sitting around doing the same thing. Um, <laughs> did did, did. Farah was just Farah. I mean, there was never um, that that girl. Jesus, yeah. H. Christ, man, she was just the fucking ugh, with the teeth and 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 she <laughs> didn't have the Farah hair from like the yeah. Charlie's Angels yet. But she just is that you know. Whew, my God, she just takes t- 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 your fucking. And that's the same way Raquel Welch in a in a different yeah. way. At the very beginning, like you said, when she came out dancing, and they they had the deal where she had like the. Um, the dress on, and like, and like, you said her boobs were going, around, but she'd spin around and her dress would come up, and you could see her panties underneath. And it's like, fuck a duck, man. <laughs> Jesus, when I was watching that, and I, I just thought to myself, okay, this could be the biggest turd of all time. But if they just show her <laughs> dancing around, walking around, talking, and have Farrah Fawcett in there, it, it's you know, yep. And I think with the May West thing, I think they were doing like a generational thing. They oh, had, yeah. uh, they,
1: they were, t- they were trying to tie it back because Myra's. Um, I guess they don't really cover this either, but Myron apparently, you know, he's he seems like a critic that still thinks that the golden age of cinema is the best right. age, the you know the '40s, the '30s, and yeah. that the current state of cinema is just shitty, and th- so he's trying to, I guess, ruin how where it's headed, and uh, so having her in there just you know harkens back to the movies of the '30s and '40s. Mm-hmm. And- well, it, it,
0: if if you're old like me. Um, Even before – okay, now, like, Sisko and Ebert were on PBS before they ever went syndicated on regular TV. But even before that, fucking Rex Reed was a goddamn critic that they would always have on, you know, these morning shows or whatever. And God, what a fucking – oh, he was just such a douche. I mean, it was just like he just – I just hated this movie because – and he was really uh, – I don't know. I mean, the guy – was very I, I'm not. I wouldn't say he's effeminate, but he's just obnoxious. Right. And his film reviews were were just really obnoxious all the time. You know, um, oh. that's what I mostly remember about him. He was not an actor, but you know, he he did all right, I guess. Yeah. Um, the I've seen my share of of uh, trans transgender uh, uh, people in certain clips or on the internet Uh, that's the only way i'm exposed to them um well i don't know i shouldn't say it but i mean you know um there are some that can look a lot like a woman and then there are some that don't pass but i do not see rex reed i don't give a fuck what they would have done to him And, and i know that that's you know it's and not only that but it's like his perception yeah of you know when he's looking in the mirror or looking in the the windows or the mirror, he's seeing Raquel Welch just beautiful, blah 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 blah. But you know, there's no way they would have turned. They could have turned fucking Rex Reed at <laughs> Raquel Welch. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. There was a couple of scenes where Pharaoh's, um, um, let's just say, famous nipples were were uh, protruding and I say that because they say that's one of the reasons that that, that her poster went like mega uh, selling poster was because her nipples and uh, she I think is like number two on the meatiest nipples list uh, that uh, I posted. Number one Mila Anyway, uh, <laughs> g- 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 g. you could uh, you could hang your fucking hat on him. Anyway, um, only the NRA will save us. This judge says, and then you know he's he's he. It's like I said. It's they 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 really go off on the hypocrisy of things. This judge is really going on and on and on about you know how horrible things are and fornication and how movies are doing this and that you know and they're showing all this stuff and everything. And then he says, only the NRA will save us and as soon as the people he's talking to walk out he lights up a big dube uh, which I thought was funny um, and by dube I mean a marijuana cigarette uh, <laughs> dube doob. <doobie>. dubes <laughs> mm, uh, yeah anyway uh, uh, communist and perverts are taking over the country uh, Mila,
1: Mila's no, nipples kind of look gross
0: <laughs> she doesn't have very big boobs man she's, uh, she's got uh, except for nipples
1: they're fucking like clown noses
0: they are they're big they're I'm posting
1: numbers. this photo. <laughs> Clown knows. Jesus people. Christ. Jesus Christ. That's, that's the noise they make. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going off the fucking rails. Wait a
0: minute. Look. Wait a minute. That's Raquel Welch. Anyway, that's the reveal. Um, yes. Let's see. Um, Rusty is. He's just the epitome of of just like the. Um, and, 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 you know, when you think about it, okay, Myron or Myra, which either one, the same person, I um, hope I'm not giving anything away with that, um, they portray, like, Rusty as this goddamn total fucking – He he's a male bimbo. He's a bimbo. But I mean that's almost stereotypical because and just as bad because it's like well, all got you know he's just some total dumbass moron and you know has no I don't know I I think you know that's kind of but anyway Myra um, <laughs> I I got to be honest with you I mean um, I don't know I, if Raquel Welch as good as she looked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know.
1: You (laughs) you mean if you found something out?
0: No, 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 no. I was going to say, if she strapped me to a table, (laughs) I I, I swear, I mean, I'd never really thought about or been into like someone rending me anally with a strap on. But if I was going to have somebody do it, it'd be (laughs) (laughs) just just fucking hot, man, Um, because I'd break loose and then I'd turn the tables.
1: Um Hulk Smash. Uh,
0: There was one there was one thing where they showed the clips uh, you know, where they were showing the old clips that they'd throw in there and um they showed Laurel and Hardy several times, but it was like right after Myra um Gives the old strap on tilt to Rusty and they show his face and then they cut to Laurel and Hardy and they're just like bawling their eyes out about some stupid, like they do some stupid skit. And like, um, um, Stan Laurel was the skinny one, right? And yeah, he's man. just sitting there and he's going, <laughs> it's like because then they showed Rusty's face and it's like, oh, poor Rusty.
1: Uh,
0: um, now Raquel. Um, I heard that her like she was notoriously kind of a diva. Uh, a diva and kind oh, of yeah. a bitch, so she didn 't get along with may West because first of all, may West was so gross in this movie and and the, and the thing about may West was i here 's there 's her character is supposed to be like May West. Basically, she's playing herself, and Mae West was known to have all these young guys. She always had all these young guys around her. Young guys, like uh, like a whole big group of them. And you know, the thing was, supposedly, she was fucking them all. Well, now she's like eighty years, like I said, like eighty years old in this motherfucker, and um, she's supposedly still fucking them, and she she takes Tom Selleck. Into her office and he's like I've, I've never seen that office with a bed in it Of course like I said playing Male bimbo again And he comes out with this big smile on his face like he he just went in there and this old fucking hag uh, with uh, (laughs) eight pounds of makeup on her face, he fucked his brains out and he comes out like it was the greatest thing in the world. But um, I think – if I remember correctly, Farrah didn't have too good of things to say about Raquel Welch either. She she said she was kind of a bitch. Um, But now Raquel as a – like when they show Farah, there's one scene where they show Farah and she kind of has like a it's like a fantasy scene thing where Myron, uh, it's Raquel laying on the bed and with Farah, and then um, she starts going down there, and and then the next thing you know, it's just Myron and he's imagining, uh-huh. so he's basically just jerking off, and but he's imagining Farah and she has this like. Uh, silky thing of course no bra on underneath and oh my god i was about to shit myself but um <laughs> but raquel has to because she's she is a, the sex symbol she has to answer uh farrah's nipples with her own nipples toward the end she she went brawless and you can see her the nips uh now that shows you what, what kind of movie this is because as far as what i'm talking about is basically nipples and uh strap-on dildos um and but the,
1: and this is like our our conversation is is turning into probably what this movie was against.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, well, totally. It's just you know I watched it just like I said. Yeah. But you know what? There there were a lot of things in it that were that were pretty funny. Yeah. Um, along those lines, um, he
1: should bald so, chicks. That's how. social
0: commentary and <laughs> shit like that. Hey, social commentary and, and stupid shit like that. Um,
1: <laughs> but.
0: My thing, I, I don't know. I was gonna say the the thing between Rex Reed and Raquel. Um. Well, oh, I forgot. I I did. I just lost. I lost my train of thought there with the uh, May West thing. One of the reasons I think she was in this also was um, there was a rumor, and there's still a rumor in some of those Hollywood Babylon books that May West was a transsexual ah. but she was really a man or whatever. Uh, so maybe that's why when she was taking Tom Selleck in there, she she turned him. I don't know. Imagine but,
1: uh, imagine with how like the level of medicine back like eighty years ago. Yeah. what a sex change operation would have ended up looking like.
0: Well, the, I remember when. Um, the first person that I th- okay, they did the Glenn or Glenda thing, and that's what uh, Ed Wood. They had him make that movie, Glenn or Glenda, and uh-huh. it was the first sex change operation. Now there was a do- uh, a uh, a guy that was a tennis player. Uh, I can't remember what his what his his name is. As a guy was, but he had a sex change because he wanted to play. Uh, he was he was say he played on the pro circuit tennis, but he was never any good. I mean, he was just like hanging on at the very bottom. Well, he decided that if he had a sex change operation, then he could play on play women, right? And he became Doctor Renee Richards, and all the fucking women, you know, they were world class, number one women players. They beat his ass. You know, he still sucked, <laughs> but he he didn't look that good anyway. He didn't look like Raquel Welch. Um, but um, I thought, like you said, you know, I. Uh, I will say this when I was a kid I don't know how old I was I probably was uh um, older than I thought I thought maybe like a senior in high school or maybe you know in college when VHS stores and stuff came out re- video rentals I remember renting this because of course you, you know Raquel Welch in that red white and blue kind of one piece bathing suit deal that ha- it's not it's not really a one piece it just has the little thing from the from the bra that goes down but it's just like a little little piece in the middle uh and the cowboy hat and the white boots just you know when if they put that on the box of a vhs tape i was like fuck i gotta see this and then i was shitting myself the whole movie because i thought that she and farrah fawcett were gonna get it on in that one scene and then when it didn't come through all i got was a strap-on rape scene and that was a rape scene basically i mean she she you know that's okay but anyway um just wish she would have raped um what's her name? Farrah. <laughs> so like you said, we're talking about this movie and they're probably the guy who wrote it's probably like, I'm gonna make this movie. It's gonna be social commentary on misogyny and everything, and then we review it and we're like, Man, what tits, man, that's great. Oh, she
1: Forty like, ah. years later we're talking about honking nipples and uh, Yeah. Yeah. And but Michelle um, well, you with know, her shirt open.
0: It was supposedly notorious for being the worst movie ever made at the time, which is kind of hyperbole. I don't think it was the worst movie ever made. And, and I, I mean, I did not, not enjoy watching it. You know, I thought it was, it, it, you know, I've seen, I've seen way worse. Let's just put it. Yeah.
1: We can get into our scores. Uh, Yeah. I have to, this, you know, when I, when you go into a film after reading, this is one of the worst ever made. Uh, you know, you got you kind of like set that expectation up, and I was like, "Oh God, why did we pick this?" Or maybe it's going to be so bad it's good. I'll tell you another movie that made me think of this um, that came out right around the same time. Um, in '68, it's a it's an Elizabeth Taylor movie called Boom. What a Never fucking weird movie that was. It's, ba- it's a Tennessee Williams play and screenplay. And like Tennessee Williams pretty much doesn't even want to like talk about it I don't, or didn't want to talk about this movie. It's, it's one of the like most pretentious, like uh, just over the top movies. And, and what made me think of it is Elizabeth Taylor is a lot like Myra in the movie. She's very over the top and wears these ridiculous like outfits constantly. Um, mm. It takes place in her like open air, like cliffside villa in Italy. And, I don't know. It's it's really silly, but um I saw that I saw that earlier this year and it's equally ridiculous, but not this it's not supposed to be. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor had great tits, too. She was hot in the movie, so. Yeah. Um <laughs> the <laughs> the um but this one it could have been a lot more, but that said it's not it wasn't a total failure for me. Um if if it had been technically put together better, um I, I would have liked it more, but it ended up making it a kind of an average movie experience for me. Um, I'd give it a, like a 5.25 out of 10. Uh, I'd recommend maybe seeing it once, but it's not going to be something you're going to re- yeah. revisit a lot. Uh, it might be good fun to revisit. Uh, maybe like show it at a drag show or something. Like show it on the screen, like, you know, during intermission or something. That, then you could, you might uh, get a better viewing experience out of it. But
0: hmm. I, um, we we <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, I, I seriously, I, I, I would say, uh, I mean, you know, worst movie ever? No way. Um, I enjoyed watching it. It had enough uh, hot chicks in it that it kept me interested, and um, some of the, uh, I think some of the, um, the little Laurel and Hardy stuff that they threw in there, I, I like that a little bit more than you did some of them i was kind of i was laughing my ass off like you said the champagne bukkake and then yeah. after the rape when <laughs> stan laurel was bawling <laughs> about something totally different but you're just like
1: oh my god well some, um, of, some of it was in there some of like, that, that stuff worked some of it was yeah. in there that didn't really seem to tie in very well yeah
0: and then just buck loner well i mean. Um, Uh, I I saw a movie, and I encourage everyone to see this movie, but not only see the movie, see the making of the movie, which is on the DVD. It's called uh, Winter Kills with Jeff Bridges. It's got this all-star cast uh, of people that are from Hollywood past – and it's kind of uh, – the book was about sort of like uh, the Kennedy assassination, but they changed names. And so they made this movie, and they had to get like uh, mafia money. They were running out of money, and people would show up on the set with like uh, – they're like, we're running out of money, literally running out of money. And people would show up on the set with brown paper bags full of cash <laughs> to keep the movie going. So the making of it is really good too. But – um John Houston is in that and he plays the like the Joe Kennedy matriarch character but for some reason when John Houston got older whether it was Chinatown, Winter Kills or this one he he didn't give a fuck about like putting on a pair of speedos or something like that <laughs> or walking around showing his old saggy man tits and skinny legs and he did that in this one and he does it in those movies too so and he really he he Really comes off so gross and sleazy. Yeah. You know, so watching him was really cool too. And, uh, but you know, you got the nips, you got the tits, you got the ass. Um, if they would have, <laughs> if they would have cut out, if they would have cut out like the whole, not, I don't know if I'd say cut out the whole May West thing, but recast it. I know why they had her in there, yeah. but she was just too fucking old. She was like a hundred when this movie was
1: made. And, I mean,
0: ooh, she was. It just was gross. But I would say like probably five point two five. Yeah, I, like I said, I agree with you. I think whatever you say is good with me.
1: Five point two five. We'll we'll do a double up. Five point two five. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Kind of an average average experience, but probably worth seeing at least once. So, all yeah. right, <clears throat> let's take a break, and we're going to come back and review a different movie with a similar theme. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch will be right book. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too.
2: That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20
1: years old. So if you think the Sid is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal, you need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour Covering the "Wicked Little Town" song from uh, this next movie of ours from 2001, as you informed me, Hedvig and the Angry Inch, directed by John Cameron Mitchell, starring John Cameron Mitchell, who also wrote the book and uh, also performed in the in the play. So the 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 synopsis: a transsexual punk rock girl from East Berlin tours the U.S. with her rock band as she tells her life story and follows the ex-boyfriend slash bandmate who stole her songs. That's pretty good. I was trying to synopsize this this week to people and Mm -hmm. it was kind of hard to do but not bad. So, um, I've made made it no no secret that I fucking love this movie so I was really interested to hear what you had to say about it.
0: Yeah, you know, um... The one thing right off the bat, before I even saw it, and I saw who was in it, I thought. and then after I watched it, I thought to myself, I wonder how different this movie would have been if it would have starred Cameron Mitchell instead of John Cameron Mitchell but it might have been a little bit different with the beasting eyes and you know the um anyway uh, let's move on here and yeah you did you gave it away there's no there's no uh there's no build up or anything you know i love this movie um, okay so um i will say this i love this movie too yeah <laughs> I did. Honest to god from from beginning to end. Um What what can you say? I mean, uh, really seriously, the all the the songs in it were so catchy and were so good. Yeah. Uh and the performances, I mean, now I did hear that they said that they they shot or they recorded pretty much most of the songs live as they were performed because they wanted that feel
1: yep it sounds different if you get if you get the soundtrack, you can actually tell that those are studio recordings, so there's yeah. a difference between the actual soundtrack from the film and the actual like the CD soundtrack
0: well that's one thing i i I was kind of worried about because I was actually sitting there thinking um, I don't know if it was last night or when it was, you know, I was like, man, I'd like to get the soundtrack to this. Cause the, the songs, I, l- I really like them. And I wondered if, cause when I read that they, they recorded them as they were shooting, cause they wanted a live feel. If I would be disappointed when I got the, um, the actual like album, bec- it, because it wouldn't sound the same.
1: So, um, I, I like, I like the album. Um, but you're right. It, it, it does have a different sound. Um, mm. The the one I played at the beginning is from it. Um, I've got I've got a couple on my here. We can play. I, you can see what kind of what it sounds like. Like uh, there's a song in the film Wig in a Box. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we'll talk about that song, but um, I'll, I'll just skip to the middle Until of it. Home, and you can hear like a it's it's more polished, I guess. Yeah. Um, which I mean it works. It's okay. Uh, I, I still like it a lot, but. I love it definitely sounds a little different. But still very good. And there's a couple extra songs on there which eh, they're okay, but um there's an, actually another soundtrack floating out there and it's what I played this breeder song off of. It's uh it's called Wig in a Box and it's mm-hmm. kind of like um well it's not kind of. It is um it uh like current groups covering every song from the film. And I've heard mixed reviews of it. I like it, but it kind of it kind of defeats I think the, the criticism I've seen of it is it kind of defeats like the feel of the movie it, it uh, because uh, it, the feel of the movie is kind of this raw like energy kind of uh this one person um yelling out and whereas this becomes like a greatest hits thing almost but uh yeah you know I, I like it though so anyway, go ahead
0: well um um <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Just uh, John Cameron Mitchell in this fucking part, the <laughs> motherfucker. I don't know if, I mean, eh, he should have gotten like some goddamn kind of Academy Award or at least been nominated because he was fucking fantastic. I mean,. Every mannerism, every like when he was when he was performing on stage because now a good part of this movie is is the stage performances and him getting up there yep. and Hedwig and the Angry Edge play some venues that are either non... Uh, let's just say non-traditional and some of them are very small.
1: It's always Bilge- <laughs> Bilgewater restaurants. Yeah.
0: This just <laughs> tiny little restaurants and they're right in the middle. So then you have mom and dad sitting there. I could just see my dad sitting there eating at goddamn Applebee's and there's like just the tables. They don't even clear any of the things away. They're just standing there right in the middle uh playing these songs and then of course Hedwig um, is doing... um you know he's he's a, a transgender person, and uh, some of the outfits like it was kind of cool because he he at first is known for I guess into his small this small following of his for this one wig that he wears that's like almost like a big blonde Farrah Fawcett yeah, looking yeah. hair, and then they wear the the uh, yellow foam. Uh, uh, head things, you know, as, like, a tribute. Um, like, the, you know, they always have the foam finger yeah. things at, at things. Um, They're so cheap, th- they
1: never stay on. You see people fucking holding them on yeah. their head all yeah. the
0: time. <laughs> um, I did not... Now, I didn't... <clears throat> when I looked through the cast list, I was like, okay, well, you know, I think there was the one girl from uh, SNL uh, that played, like, a the manager or something like that. Um, yeah. But I didn't I didn't expect to see anybody else that I would know or recognize in this. And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, holy shit, there's X-Pac. You know? <laughs> he's he's like – and he's a big part of it. <laughs> this guy that is fucking the guitar player, and, and he's pretty much Hedwig's um, – well, I mean, he's like – I think he's, they're married. They're married. There's a husband. Yeah. But um, he looks like Sean Waltman, who played X Pac, X Pac, or Six Pack, or whatever in uh, in fucking wrestling. And I swear to God, I'm, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, Oh my god! Because also you have to take into account there that Sean Waltman, after um, he was in love with uh, China, oh, Jody yeah. Lauer, who was kind of uh, who was way bigger than him on steroids? Who looked like a man who had a voice like this, you know, because she took so much testosterone. And uh, if you ever seen uh, uh, what is it, a Night in China, uh, oh. where they have sex <laughs> and she has a clitoris that's as big as my thumb, uh, so it's kind of there was there's the connection there. So I
1: could see why he would be in this movie. Um, that uh, that character is played by Miriam Shore who, mm-hmm. um, she's, like, largely a TV actress, but, um...
0: That was a girl?
1: Yeah. I thought it was a dude! No, was, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> um, she was in the stage play, too. The, the
0: uh, I liked, uh, like, all the little not-so-subtle, um comments that he makes, like when he comes out and he has the big Randy Savage cape and it says, uh, shit, what did it say?
1: Yankee go home on one wing and then it says, with me on the, yeah, on the yeah, other Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: something like that throughout <laughs> the whole movie. Just, there was just things like that that were just fucking hilarious. Um, um, I like uh, the, one, the part where the one person says Jesus died for our sins and the mother says, so did Hitler. So did Hitler. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, What? what? <laughs> And uh, and um, some of the just uh, the comments that that Hedwig makes throughout the thing, like he's talking about, you know, I, I listen to the radio, all the American greats, like Tony Tanil, Debbie Boone, <laughs> Anne Murray, who's Canadian, <laughs> you know, thought that in there? It's Canadian, so I thought, of course, of uh, our friend up north, our friends, not friends. just one. <laughs> um, <laughs> the little bishop in a turtleneck when he's talking about the wang. And you get to uh, see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's was like, yes. <laughs> and, of course, I wrote in my notes inside of it, Pope's nose. Uh, <laughs> they they were they were kind of diverse because they did have a song that was kind of like a country song called Sugar Daddy. And it kind of had a twangy country mm-hmm. mu- country music thing going for it. Um <laughs> When, like it's just them performing in those restaurants and there's like this old man and and uh, she gets up and is like fucking walking on the tables and shit and oh, has this uh, I
1: really mini laugh at that skirt,
0: yeah the miniskirt dress that has like the, the tassel kind yeah. of look and goes over to this old man spreads her fucking life puts her foot up and goes it's a car wash ladies it's and gentlemen it's a car
1: wash ladies and gentlemen while the music's still playing the little tassels are brushing the old dude's oh, face out of
0: fun um <laughs> <sighs> the <laughs> there, I like the, the, that that uh, you know when they the, the first song about the Berlin Wall and everything was really that's just a good song but it was really cool you know but when she's up there performing and uh, uh, just fucking has the mic and it's just shaking it back and forth and and a lot of the shit where she just gives them looks to the camera, she throws like a nut up in the air and tries to catch it in her mouth doesn't catch it, it's just like, eh, just gives this look, pantomime with her face, you know, like eh, fuck it, you know Um it was just funny watching the performances uh about a million times, like, I, I was laughing my ass off, um the th- when they would tell the backstory of uh living behind the berlin wall and of course the, didn't the mother they were on they were on the one side everybody's trying to get out to get away from <laughs> she, the continent
1: she went sh- to east germany
0: yeah she went to east germany and uh, he had to st- to uh you know the only the only, uh, and, and they did have kind of it was kind of sad because they kind of threw in that you know he might have or was yeah, he was definitely you know like molested by her boyfriends, uh, which was you know kind of gross and disgusting and everything. But um, he'd have to <laughs> listen to the radio. He'd have to fucking put the radio in the goddamn oven and stick his head in there. <laughs> Just lay there with his head in the oven. But um, the uh, the guy, fuck, I'm trying to think what his name was. Um, oh. His, his first, uh, the, the, the military guy. Oh, Luther. Luther. Yeah. Luther. <laughs> hey, baby. And they showed the close up of the mouth and the teeth of that big smile and the big teeth. Hey, baby <laughs> So gross looking. 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 I'll be fine, mama. And if you was a, if you was a woman. Yeah. I, and I'm like, oh my God, it was, it was really kind of gross. Just the way they shot it. Really sleazy. And, um,
1: it was, it was, a, that was a great scene. The, um, Hedwig's laying, which I thought was kind of neat too uh, S- Hedwig is laying naked, sunbathing on basically just like a pile of what used to Trash be a church though. yeah it's a it was a church oh
0: yeah yeah that's right <laughs> he said it was a church, yeah,
1: and um Luther comes up <laughs> and is checking out what he thinks is a chick laying there because uh Hedwig at this point Hedwig is gotta, it's got to be said is a you know late teens, maybe even early twenties by this point, and um is uh, you know has- uh, dyed hair and wears lipstick and stuff but um uh is laying face down so all you see is ass and this guy well, i gotta
0: up. tell you even face down um i <laughs> i that was a, i wouldn't have thought that was a chick well, so
1: luther mistakes hedwig for a, a woman and then hedwig kind of like rolls over and you get a funny shot of like you know luther being like oh and he's like uh damn hansel hansel was his name before <laughs> yeah damn hansel i can't believe you're not a girl <laughs> Yeah, and, like, In um, okay. a total like, you know, <clears throat> quite obvious but quite funny scene where uh, uh Luther's like giving I guess Hansel, the candy, the, the the gummy bears and, and
0: That was kind of that, that was kind of creepy because it, it it was almost like <sighs> I thought it was funny because of course, you know, he was just freaking out because of all the different flavors and then he was like goes back and and he's like I he was like resisting it, so he went back to the uh To the um, was it like the East German candy, which basically probably tasted like shit, you know? (laughs) It didn't have any flavor to it, Uh, but it kind of grossed me out because it was almost kind of like a um, a pedophile giving a kid candy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And well, that part where he's talking about the flavors, I I totally thought was just talking, thinking that he was talking about sucking cock for the first time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and just letting them fall out of his mouth all over his chest and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, Luther was, uh, yeah, he was, he, he apparently, you know, he was open-minded, I guess, and uh, he's like, damn, baby, you know, I'll marry you, but first, you know, and then that's when uh, the look on Hedwig's face went, and then his mother was, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to get married, but if we do, you have to, you know, basically get your wang lopped off. Yeah. And, and uh, here's... Poor boy, and then the mother's like, you know, you have got to give some, if you want something bad enough, you have to give something up. Yeah. I be- sound more like like some kind of fucking <laughs> cross between a Mexican <laughs> and a Hungarian or a Bul- so Bulgarian to, or something. To,
1: to be free, one must give up a little part of oneself.
0: Yeah, yeah, but um, he, you know, <laughs> the the the, uh, the Asian chick band. That he kind of had <laughs> was kind of funny because, you know, just uh, his stage performance, this dude could have taken this literally. And I know they performed on, like, Rosie O'Donnell in real life, and they had some problems with that because, you know, TV, you know, you we, we can't <clears> – <throat> they did want Hedwig when – I think maybe they were on Saturday Night Live and then also on – or no, I think maybe on, like, uh, Letterman mm-hmm. – And then also on Rosie O'Donnell. And Rosie O'Donnell, you know, of course, is a gay advocate. And she was like, listen, we're fucking going to show this just the way it was supposed to be shot. We're not changing it. Because they were giving a bunch of shit, like, you know, well, we don't want him to take his wig off or whatever. And, and, but um, they could have taken this. And I've heard people say that this could be like, you know, a modern Rocky horror picture. And I could see that because I only watched it once. And I don't know all the words to the songs but i'd be sitting at work and i'd be like
1: mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of my notes is zom did you sing along <laughs>
0: yeah, talk, yeah i did and uh, so anyway um he luther kind of you know being a dude He gets tired of that pussy after
1: a while. Or the the Angry Inch, yeah. uh, We haven't said that yet. I I, I guess it's not really giving away anything. The Angry Inch is... Hedwig's sex change operation is botched. It's an East German doctor. And uh, the way it heals up is just a one-inch scar, basically. A a mound of flesh, as they describe it. There's a song on the soundtrack called The Angry Inch, but... Um,
0: Never see it, but no. it, the thing that goes through your mind when you hear that he just says it's just a mound of flesh. Yeah, This God down the middle, and you're like, okay, God, I don't really want to see it. Uh, you know, it just sounded kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> but but you feel sorry for him because you know I actually uh, uh, saw on like some show one time. You know, first of all, when someone goes and says, you know, I want to, I want to, you know. I'm a man and I want to become a woman or I'm a woman and I want to become a man. They make them go through extensive psychological testing yeah. because, of course, you know, first of all, it's something you cannot take back. You know, yeah, once yeah. it's done, it's done. And uh, and um, But not only that, you know, they, they make you wait like uh, two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Hedwig is kind of <laughs> – they didn't have that over there. The guy, It was almost <laughs> like Myra Breckenridge where the guy <laughs> just comes in with a knife and says, you know, well, what was the one – was that Myra Breckinridge or was it Hedwig? Where the guy says, "How about just a circumcision? It'd be cheaper."
1: Oh, that was my that was Myra Breckinridge.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> he was like, "Okay, yeah, but that's a little different, you know." So anyway, um, Luther, you know, he's a he's a dude, you know, and if you have chocolate cake every day you know, for every meal, it's just becomes chocolate cake. So he wants to go get his freak on with something else. And, uh, he just, leaves and they, and and they're living in like this little fucking, uh, I want to say for, for like our, our European fans, you know, the little caravan, they had like a little trailer that was right underneath a giant power line thing that they lived in. And, uh, (laughs) so he's, he's broken hearted. And you feel sorry for you do, you know, you actually feel sorry for the guy. Uh, and, uh, Then he starts. He starts. um, He comes. He comes across this young dude, uh, and
1: uh, while he's performing (laughs) at the yogurt shop, yeah, there was a bath.
0: The bathtub scene uh, (laughs) is fucking hilarious. I was laughing my ass off about that. Uh, The the fucking water just also, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) (laughs) that's a pro. um, That's a pro right there. This is um, uh, Tommy and uh i've seen this guy and like uh, well, what's his name in real life uh <clears throat> isn't it uh, michael pitt michael pitt plays tommy Gnosis. and um uh, um tommy's like real naive and everything and and one of the i'll tell you another thing uh, uh, before i even get into that one of the uh, stories or well, story, song, uh, that I really liked was the origin of love, you know, and they do the little animated thing. That was really cool. The, the whole fucking story was really good there, eh? And, um, but, um, Tommy is very naive and very young. And, you know, Hedwig kind of, he, he likes him and Tommy likes him. And, you know, but there's this, I guess, it, at one point, um, Hedwig accepts how things are, but he might not really like it. But he accepts it. Like he says that Tommy, he he never kisses him, and he never like when they're having sex. He always just turns around and fucks him with the ass, yeah, you know, yeah. because he won't he won't do him from the front. And uh, apparently, now there for a while, Tommy didn't because he said he never even seen his front. Yeah he was just doing from behind all the time and then when he finally does he's like what's that you know and he goes you know that was just basically explains this is what i have to work with you know yeah. and you know you do even though a lot of the movie uh, there's a lot of funny shit in it, like you know, like I said, like with Hedwig with his little like uh, jabs or little one-liners that are you know about being either gay or transgender or whatever. There's a there's a lot there's a a part of it that really is emotional and you really feel sad for you know the guy, um, and even in that scene, you know he's like he you know he never. He never looks at my front, you know, and it's like, okay, here's this young guy. And you know what it's like when you're young, you know, you just want to screw all the time. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, Hey, you know, I got this, you know, I'll just do whatever I want. And, uh, he wanted it to be more than that. So it ends up, uh, the, from the very beginning, these are in flashbacks, but from the very beginning, um, Tommy has went on to become this big star and, um, most of the songs, uh, if not, well, all of the songs were songs that Hedwig wrote about his experiences as far as um, being transgender and all the stuff that he's experienced. And then a lot, some of the songs were about actually about him and Tommy. But then Tommy turns around and you know, kind of he rides the stardom and everything, but it's like he denies Hedwig.
1: Yeah, no, well, it's like Hedwig never existed. Yeah, and so that's kind of the, I guess, the driving force of the plot is Hedwig kind of well, – the reason Hedwig plays these tiny little restaurants is she's kind of obsessed with, I guess, exposing Tommy in some way. And
0: yeah, she – the, the, her concert thing follows his. Yeah, like, so they're like right across like,
1: the street or down the street. Every mm-hmm. every Tommy Knoss' concert has a Hedwig and the Angry Inch Bilgewater restaurant concert yeah. right down the street, so –
0: and i'd like to know who the fuck but you know whoever owned that that chain of, of restaurants is like was that a wise decision i mean it would be fucking interesting as shit but i, mean, I don't know you know that's not for everybody but um so he's trying to and, and and even to the point where like um i think tommy tommy is Rich and famous now, and he, you know, he's like, I don't want anybody to know about this because he's like, uh, he would be like Justin Bieber now or something, or or (laughs) fucking Timberlake, you know, because you know Timberlake's doing that shit too. Anyway, uh, especially after seeing that turd movie, (laughs) I gotta cut him down, that fucker. Anyway, um, he, it's to the point where like they have like a restraining order. Uh, you know, and, and somebody's like, you know, about like Hedwig stalking him. And, yeah. and, uh, like they go, they have like a, not a book signing, but you could meet Tommy Gnosis and they go up in there. As, as, as soon as the woman that is Tommy's representative sees Hedwig, there's, you know, they, they know the whole story and everything. They call it security. But, you know, so Tommy's kind of a dick. And, um, <laughs> but, um, It just goes along like that, and and you know Hedwig's trying to. He wants the recognition that he deserves because, like I said, the songs you know he's he's totally been slighted. He wrote the songs, uh, you know. He said he collaborated, but you know, Tommy didn't fucking write shit. He was he's kind of a dumbass, and um, he wrote the songs. He's not getting any uh, uh, fame or any um, acknowledgement, but more than that he's in love with Tommy yeah. and he's hurt, you know, so it's not just, it's not just a fame thing or anything like that. I mean, you know, he just wanted to be with him.
1: It's like, um, <clears throat> it's, 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 for the, I think it might even be more than just being in love with him because, you know, Hedwig, since Hedwig was a child felt kind of, and, and the origin of love song yeah, kind of explains it's searching it.
0: For your other half. Yeah. It
1: kind of feels split. Um, and you know, that's really well illustrated by being, having a bot sex change. Cause then you're kind of like neither, you know, either male or female. And there's a lot of, it's it, what I like a lot in is that theme of duality in the movie, just the confused identity and finding who you are. And, you know, Tommy is Hedwig's just total weakness. It's like, uh, yeah, she, she Yay. sees the innocent boy, you know, or Hedwig sees the innocent boy in Tommy right. in herself, I think, or in himself. Um, and then it's something you know she she's missed like there's not there anymore and and it doesn't matter what Tommy does he could shit on her for the rest of his life and she'd yeah. still kind of run back to him every time
0: well uh, yeah i mean and they, i mean let's face it i think most people have had someone like that in their yeah, life yeah. where you know they're like they and they probably just like hedwig is doing is making more out of it than you you're putting that person on this pedestal that like you see those movies, you know, with Tom Cruise and fucking Renée Zellweger or whatever, you complete me and all this that bullshit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, maybe maybe eventually, you know, whatever, maybe that is true, I don't know, but um um it's like he's I think he put Tommy up on this pedestal and thinking, you know, the origin of love. And, uh, but, <laughs> just, I mean, honestly, my God, that guy was just fantastic in that fucking role. That's, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, I don't want to go like too much further into the story because, you know, it's going to, you know, you don't want to give away like the whole ending or the whole movie, sit and talk about the whole movie. But, um, the like I said, the, the the musical performances, the stage act is fucking great and hilarious. The way uh, I mean, some of the ones where Hedwig is fucking rocking out, just fucking I was cracking up. Just just <laughs> fucking this the, the just the the heart you know the rock star moves yeah. you know the mimicking of the rock star moves and stuff like that. And then there was a couple of them where the one. um Oh, where, I'm trying to think what song it was, where they were all dressed in, like, white leather.
1: Oh, right at the end, the Midnight Radio.
0: Yeah, and Uh, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. It just looked like, I cannot believe that the fucking X-Pac was a girl. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm like, holy shit, what was that? That was uh, Miriam Shore? Yep. Holy shit, I gotta see what this chick looks like as a person or i mean as like a not, a, not as a person but not i mean yeah, like yeah, as, yeah. as a as a chick yeah not the most attractive chick in the world <laughs> <laughs> i'm disappointed she looked better as xbox she looked better as a dude maybe not i don't know we, i'm very judgmental yeah. no i mean yeah that,
1: it, <laughs> this is um you know i won't go into tons of detail i mean but this this is one I've liked since the first time I saw it, we showed this. <clears throat> I used to project films for the student union at, uh, in college, second co- <laughs> my, my second college. It was my third school, my second time in college, but <laughs> oh, Jesus, the, um, but I, I, that was my job. I worked in the student union and I projected in the, in the cinema there and we showed this. And I remember people telling me, you know, saying, Oh, you got to see this when you're going to show it. It's going to be, it's, it's awesome. It's about a, you know, it's an angry inch of flesh and blah 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 and i was like oh my god you know so and i didn't know i, I that was what that was what i went in knowing about it was that it might be mm-hmm. shocking so and i fucking loved it i watched it while i projected the film and i i bought it soon after and um i you know I've, it's one of the dvds i've owned the longest so uh, well
0: when oh, this one thing i was telling my friend randy that i, I said you know hey we're reviewing this movie I, and i showed him a couple of clips i said you got to see this i said it's really fucking good but I asked him, the one clip I showed him was the wig in the box. Yeah. And I, I even asked him, I said, have you ever heard this before? Because as soon as I started hearing that song, I'm like, I've heard this before. And the only thing that I could think of was like on a, some kind of award show or something like that. Maybe it was up for some kind of award. So they were showing the different ones because I have no idea where I, where I would, cause you know, MTV doesn't show fucking videos and I don't watch MTV anymore, but, um, I know I had heard that song before unless, and I, I don't think I heard it on the radio or anything. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I, um, I, I, that's probably what it was from was like an award show and they just showed a clip of it. Yeah.
1: Um, it was a good song. It was, it was, that, that's, that's my, probably my favorite, like music performance in the film. The, um, uh, and John Cameron Mitchell's gotta be the highlight for me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he is the Hedwig's character is the highlight of the film, but oh, yeah. his, um, Facial expressions in particular are always just—they're really good. They're very like over the top like, at times, oh, yeah. but but they work. Um, when Hedwig's gonna when Hedwig's crying or something, like you can fucking feel it, and mm. you know the exaggerated makeup that she wears helps with that too. And it's always funny, you know, she's sitting around drunk drinking Zima with her fucking lipstick smeared across <laughs> her face. <Yes. laughs> That's um, but, great, and and you know, and she's a very. Uh, flawed, and it's it's weird. It's like I guess it's a she. I guess Hedvig is a she. Uh, it's because uh, it's 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 left up in the air, yeah. um, especially after you know the, after you see the whole story. But mm-hmm. um, you know it's you know she's flawed. You know, she definitely has control issues. You know.
0: Oh, like with the uh, the passport thing?
1: Yeah, the passport thing, and (laughs) like unplugging unplugging what's her face's mic cable, like in the middle of her solo, and like she's fucking awful to that. Now,
0: okay, then wait a minute. In the movie, the X Pac character was a guy, right?
1: No, well, I, the, or was it was another transsexual? I think.
0: Oh, okay, okay, Yeah, Because okay. yeah. I was going to say, I thought it was, a, I thought it was just a straight-up guy. But then I was like, okay, well, maybe it was a girl, and she just had like a drawn-on goatee or something.
1: I think it's supposed to be another transsexual. Okay, and they, okay. they never say first and last name, but yeah, um, you you get it. You get the feeling of it if, like, especially near the end of the film, that it's the whole like chosen like. And it's one of the more interesting characters too, because this character's treated so poorly and obviously has, you know, identity issues herself or himself. And, um, Hedwig is not really, you know, this person's there as like a warm body. It seems like it most for most of the time. And Hedwig has trouble, you know, being pleasant to, yeah. What's the name of this character? God, it's, it's a, it's, it's like a Russian name. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. um, Yitzhak, Yitzhak, yeah. yeah, I can't remember if they even say the last name, but
0: no, they don't. But um, the um, I read somewhere, and I don't even—I was just looking for it. I don't know where I read it that uh, when uh, John Cameron Mitchell and um, er, what's his name, Tommy Gnosis, Michael, Michael Pitt, Pitt, they were talking about when they had to kiss for the movie. And I guess that Michael Pitt would be just be it it was almost like a Man from Hong Kong where they said that uh, what's his name the the, oh shit the guy from fucking Man from Hong Kong the lead guy he he hated um, Jimmy Wang Yu yeah Jimmy Wang Yu had the disdain for for uh, uh, American women or you know non. Asian women, and so he would eat like all this garlic and shit. Yeah, yeah. And they said Pitt would do the same thing, and and uh, and uh, I can't remember there's something like John Cameron Mitchell wasn't like real excited about it either. Huh. But they were talking about that, and some, and I, I, I thought it would be on like Wikipedia, but it must have been on IMDb. <laughs> or no, no, here. Oh, it says uh, uh, to look. Uh, Like a transgender person, Mitchell had to shave constantly during the course of the film, often using electric razor between shots while still in full makeup. Uh, Mitchell mentions that – this is on DVD commentary. Mitchell mentions that Pitt was somewhat uncomfortable with the prolonged kissing scenes, complaining about uh, being scratched by Mitchell's stubble. (laughs) Mitchell complained about Pitt consuming onion and garlic directly before shooting the scene. Hmm. So anyway, it's a little tidbit, you know, little that I tidbit. stole from the Wikipedia, which you know it's true
1: because it was on there. <laughs> um, but uh,
0: yeah, I liked it. I liked yeah. the movie. Good movie. Uh, the, Good film. Uh, <laughs> the uh
1: the yeah, uh, sure. I, I did like the when the kid was in the oven. I, I liked the little the little <laughs> seat. The like, mom throwing a tomato at him. I thought that was
0: oh what was that she had those stewed tomatoes yeah, she was
1: peeling tomatoes and eating oh, them but... so,
0: it was gross <laughs> yeah. Ugh, like foreskin or something.
1: It, it was pretty funny though that uh when she chucks a tomato at him while he's singing the lou reed song and the <laughs> and the colored girls go do do
0: do and and he doesn't even stop he just has like those skins like all over him and he just takes it like, just, just reaches up and them. starts eating them <laughs> yeah
1: uh and the oh and the um I like. I got. I, I laughed at the picture of Luther eating that giant hot dog. <laughs>
0: yeah. Luther was uh, was uh, one of you know. He was definitely
1: memorable. Yeah, that close um, up of his teeth. Ugh. Yeah, baby. The um, you look so fine. And the 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 wig in a box scene. I think the with movies like this that are stage plays first. Um, a lot of the time, these the films like this have trouble not just being a stage play themselves. right? Um, And it's best, I think it's best uh, displayed here, how, how well this separates itself from being just a stage play with the cinematography in the, uh, in the wig and a box scene as the, you know, the, it starts off slow and Hedwig's depressed, but it's kind of like slowly panning around this, um, this small trailer that, she's now living in by herself and like Mm -hmm. you get like a little glimpse out the windows every once in a while and like her goofy bandmates are outside playing a guitar or whatever and yeah and the whole fucking side of the trailer opens and it's like a stage and it's it's just it's really really well done and it's it's like that's kind of what makes this a film over something that you'd see just live or or, you know on a stage
0: Mm -hmm. Um, well it's like i said like the the uh you know as far as just being a movie um the Origins of Love thing, the, the animation thing, it was just really cool. I mean, it was simple. Yeah. You know, the, it wasn't like, you know, this really elaborate animation, but it was still pretty cool, you know, yeah, how they did yeah. it.
1: Yep. And then um, the, there's a really cool shot right around that scene, too, with, uh, it was right before the makeout, I guess, when uh, Tommy and Hedwig's faces are kind of merged together at one point. Um, and it kind of mimics the tattoo that Hedwig has on her hip. Uh-huh. The, the, the split face, but you see Tommy's like eye reflected in this tiny little handheld mirror, but it lines up perfectly with John Cameron Mitchell's face, and it was really yeah yeah, up,
0: yeah, so. yeah yeah. The mirror thing was really cool. I, I I noticed that like when I was watching. it. But the thing with that was, you know, because Hedwig was always like I said looking for his other half, yeah. and so they had it lined up so that Tommy's eye and part of his cheek and everything like you said, lined up with his face. But then when you saw how Tommy was seeing it, he was just seeing just him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because Tommy, Tom, yeah, Tommy kind of grabs her hand and turns it just towards himself. And yeah, so he was to. just about him, you know. And the, um, I, I've seen this movie dozens of times, literally. Um, and I'd say, I guess, if I had to complain about anything, it's during the live performances. I don't really like Miriam Shore's voice. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of detracts from the, the sound at times. Um, it's not, it's not a, a killer at all, but the, she has a kind of a shrill voice when she sings yeah. back up and, and it kind of messes with some of the songs because, uh, John Cameron Mitchell's got a really good singing voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so the, the I don't know, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good comparison, you know, having the two beside each other, but you know, that's, it's nitpicky. It's, it's fine. Cause the music still fucking aces. It's really good. And, um, and yes, this movie made me cry again every time I see it. As many times as I've seen it, I fucking cry at some point.
0: <laughs> I mean, it,
1: it got me so bad once. The usually it's the very, it's the very like the the closing like five minutes of the film, um, mm. the very the kind of like stylized uh, meeting of two people and blah blah blah. <laughs> but this time, I think it was the, I think I think it was the yogurt scene. The yogurt shop scene with the, uh, yogurt, yogurt rope scene, the, <laughs> the yogurt, <laughs> the, the yogurt shop scene with the, uh, Wicked Little Town song. Uh, I fucking love that song. And I think that's what got me this time. So every time I always, I, I, I got to dry my weepy little pussy eyes. So
0: <laughs> did you cry when you watched, uh, friends with benefits <laughs> yeah,
1: for different reasons? I was like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like shit. And I'm sitting here watching this garbage. John Cameron
0: uh, Mitchell was in band of the hand.
1: You know how hard it is to pee with an erection.
0: <laughs> oh God!
1: <laughs> uh, so bad. Um, so uh, so bad. Anyway, well, let's, let's get into our scores here. Oh, okay. I got a, Mincy's fair. That was funny too. Yeah. The the the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the like Lilith fair <laughs> scene, the Mincy's fair. I thought that was funny. So anyway, uh, what what? Let's hear what your score is for the film.
0: Uh, score. I never think about the score until like right before. I give it an eight. An eight. Solid eight. Good and, eight. Uh, it's
1: a- I still love it. Seen it so many times. Um this is one of my favorite musical movies, easily. Um I'd give this a, a nine out of ten. And this is an easy five. Going into going into untrodden territory for me. I'm almost
0: starting to weep just because you said that. (laughs) It means so much to you. You complete me. (laughs) (laughs) You should. No, you should have gave it a two, and then it would have been a ten.
1: I fucking hate this this movie. The um. (laughs) This is uh. If you like, you know, if you like Rocky Horror that kind of thing, this is an easy buy. Even if you've never seen it, um, it's really good. It's touching. It's funny. Um. Great music, so all around.
0: Show it to all your friends that are like really redneck. <laughs> I'm gonna show
1: it to my dad. Dad, <laughs> this shit.
0: What are we watching that goddamn shit for? <laughs> I all told right. you, if you, got those tattoos, you'd become a homo. <laughs> it's true. Fatty, <laughs> did
1: I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you the story about him asking me that? He, what? Uh, so, uh, if you wanted I had, some gummy bears? Yeah, I had some. <laughs> I had <laughs> some. I had, I had the, the the girl I pined after in high school. I would always go over to her house and hang out because I was that guy. I was like wanted to yeah. be there. Blah. And you, um and Yeah, and then so I come home from hanging out with her and my dad is literally sitting drunk in the middle of the driveway. He's sitting on the ground, not in a chair. And and I was I walked past him and he's like, Come here a minute <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. He's like where have you been? I was like, you know, I was over there. So you tried to fuck her yet? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, no. Uh. And he said, why not? Are you gay? And I said, uh, yeah, I'm going inside. And then you went to your
0: room and you're like,
1: put on my makeup. <laughs> I'm pulling a wig down from the shoe
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you came home and your dad was sitting in the middle of the driveway drunk with that fucking big yellow styrofoam headwig wig on top of his. <laughs> crying.
1: <laughs>
0: and then your
1: dad
0: When your dad's seventy, he's like Christopher Plummer and <laughs>
1: Oh, beginners. Another fucking heartbreaking dude. <laughs> if my dad
0: ever came out of the closet, I swear to god, not because like I'm a homophobe, I would fucking kill myself and then kill him <laughs> because he's just such a big he's such an asshole. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. I'd be like, "You son of a bitch. <laughs>
2: you motherfucker." Uh, all
1: right. Uh, so uh, good. Very fun. Good fun. I'm glad you liked it. Cool. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back and do uh, a little bit of feedback and some other other fun goodbyes. We'll be right back. (laughs) We'll be right back.
2: No one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that anarchist films were being scrutinized to someone with a microscope to study creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this era of films still had anything to offer. And yet, across the Gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Amicus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus and every tenuous link in between. Hamacus.com and iTunes. Cheers. I
1: met her in a club down in North where you drink champagne and it tastes like Coca-Cola C-O-L-A, Cola she walked up to me and she asked me to... Th- I what a dark brown voice sounds like. Ask <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Ron Paul. He knows. We're, yeah. We're back from break. Um, the, uh, I will always remember, I love listening to that, um, that hammock is promo. Cause it makes me think of us sitting at that, uh, that pub in Cincinnati and will, and a couple other people like saying every tenuous link in between together. Was like, <laughs> that, was, that was a fun dinner. So. Um, <clears throat> we love you
2: higgy
1: <sharp inhale> so uh, uh we uh have some uh feedback and stuff and stuff oh and i just wanted to say about the um the the show last week the roger ward show i'm gonna post the try to figure out how to post the photo online roger ward sent us a, a little thing uh a photo of what not to do to a beer. And it has the, it's like an animated gif of this woman shaking up a beer with her giant tits. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> nice. Um, but, uh, which, uh, made me think the, um, uh, Aaron from death rattle, uh, did a cool interview, the death net. He did a cool, uh, uh, re- interview with, uh, Roger Ward back in, back in September. So I'm going to link that on our, on our site too. I should have mentioned that last week, but, um, so now I'm caught with my pants down again. What? What? Pants? Uh, no, just without the voicemail open. So there we go. All right. So we got a couple voicemails this week. Um, uh, we got well, we got three. Um, so One's sort of a voicemail. Uh, Paul from, uh, sent us a little holiday greeting from the UK. He just attached this little clip here. We'll play this. Sil.
2: And gold, silver,
1: and gold. our new theme song.
2: <laughs> Everyone wishes for silver and gold. How do you measure its worth just by the pleasure it gives here on
1: earth? Er, er. So <laughs> cool, <laughs> well, thanks, Paul. Um, it's like, all right, so here's our first voicemail of the week.
2: Hey guys, it's the Cinemaskist Justin Erbolscher here uh, on calling on Christmas Day, so or Xmas Day, I should say. So everybody, just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And this will be late, but I do want to say first and foremost, before I forget, I am Cinemaskist Justin Erbolscher of Network dot com. That network dot com. We cover everything from wrestling, sports, movies, television, music comic books and graphic novels. I think that's cause anime, you forget like every time. <laughs> that's why We cover pornography. <laughs> uh, our main kind of shore has well, dry lately promises me. Come new year he's got a whole batch of new articles and interviews to post up. So keep yourself posted at freaking dot com. Now that I'm doing doing the cheap plug and thank you guys for helping me plug. I wanna talk about two films I crammed in for the year and cramming and if you guys do it less I'm sure both of these will be on there and I think you both confirmed one of them is gonna be in your top ten. Uh, the first, which will go with the woman's going to be in your top ten, is Beginners. This is the film with Ewan McGregor, Christopher Plummer. It is very, very, very good. Actually, not forget that. It's very great. It's a nice little slice of life and about life and love. And you can feel that the director, the writer, and the director is somewhat about his life because there's more compassion and energy in this film than most films. And I just really enjoyed the per- performance of Ewan McGregor and Christopher Plummer. And I liked the way that it was edited, kind of. Bring everything, like bringing the past and the present together, the past couple of years of his life and life, and nicely putting them together as if he's kind of recounting his life while trying to move on anew. So that's definitely kind of going to be in my top 30. Not sure where yet, but I really, really enjoy that. And the other one, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but I know did. Um, and that is Snowtown. Uh, it's been recommended to me, Ugh, my mom and God. my brothers all year, and I finally got around to watching it and woof, <laughs> this is easily gonna be in my top ten, I can guarantee I just that. Wanna, Unless there's another I kill like, yourself to knock it down. This one's very high up on the left. Very intense, Ugh. unnerving film from beginning to end Maybe I'll watch it today. better and better and more intense and unnerving as it goes along. Uh I'll say I'll not spoil it, but I'll say the scene that got to me the most, the two were the scene involving the dog and uh, the dog lover and the scene in the bathroom, which I've always said of that me cringe <laughs> more than the bigger things. And I said it because I know my one friend's like, well, I've seen, you know, a human centipede movie. So I can sit through anything. I'm like, yeah, but sometimes the smaller things instead of the bigger grand mm-hmm. thing is more effective. And I think Snowtime really proved that. And it's just extremely well acted directed. And I thought two hours went by quick. Mm-hmm. And I I was just on the ride the whole time. So I just want to say keep up the good work, guys.
1: Thank you, You sir. keep
0: up the good work, too, baby.
1: <laughs> and uh, I, I uh, plugged Justin's website on our Facebook group today. So join our Facebook group. What's that?
0: You plugged him like Myra Breckenridge
1: (laughs) Giggity goo Right in the
0: old fart hole
1: (laughs) Right in the the cake hole The cake (laughs) hole's in the front, the fart hole's in the back
0: And the man puss
1: (laughs) The back pussy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alright, next voicemail I'm the bunny
0: You motherfucking savants Uh, Listen to the last show It was awesome uh, yeah, I had no interest French. before that and in, in really I mean I'm sure at some point I would have gotten into osploitation um, but now I definitely do um, but you guys are fucking hilarious and uh who the fuck is yeah, this? I, like, I don't know fucking busted a <laughs> blood vessel laughing at your last episode so
2: keep up the good work boys and uh Keep on fucking in the
1: butt. Fucking <laughs> in the butt. Are these, are these guys listening to our show right now? <laughs> he brought up Justin. Brought up beginners. This dude brings up my fucking. Yeah. I don't know who that was, honestly. So, well, thank you, whoever. I thought it was Mikey from. at first. Yeah, it's like Mikey like some sounds douche. like shit. <laughs> He's
0: depressed or something. Fucking in the
1: butt. Fucking in the butt. So now we have sick metal Mikey is our new uh, our new caller. Sick, sick, <laughs> under the weather, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, that was it for voicemail this week.
0: Shit! Shit. You fucking fags, you better start bringing some goddamn feedback. (laughs) I won't cry.
1: Uh, So, so since we kind of uh, didn't do anything for Christmas, we kind of shoehorned in a Christmas theme. That's because we're pagans. (laughs) Uh, We're doing uh, (coughs) a... Shut up. Oh my god, this fucking dog. The
0: dog's like, yeah, God is dead. (laughs) Fuck Fuck that shit.
1: Come here. Come. Shut up. Come here! Uh, <laughs> uh, you're so tough, so tough. Don't you yell at me, you motherfucker! <laughs> you hear? I'm still think
0: you're something, you big podcasting star.
1: <laughs> um, so, shit. so this week we're gonna do a uh, New Year's related show, and we're gonna hey. we're gonna do a, co- a show about like change, fate, free will. We're going to do two movies that probably aren't really related. Well, maybe in a little little way. Free Um, Willy
0: and Precious. Free
1: Willy and. (laughs) That's terrible. It took me a second. (laughs)
0: What? That was worse than the other one, maybe. (laughs) Hunger and Precious or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: We're going to do uh, 1993's Groundhog Day.
0: Love the Bill Murray.
1: Love the Bill Murray. And we're going to do 1972's slaughterhouse five movie about a dude living in more than one time at once and a dude about a dude about a dude about a movie about a dog that lives underground or something it's
0: a dude he's got the movie and it's a a, a, a fucking groundhog
1: (laughs) so slaughterhouse five and groundhog day for next week kind of an interesting mix there i like that it's good yeah Awesome. Well, uh, you got anything else to add on this fine, fine episode 19, sir?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, no.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's just, uh, this, this one's going out with a
1: whimper. As it usually, though, except for last week, the God is dead shit was just fun.
0: That was not, uh, <laughs> meant to be a religious, an indictment of all religion.
1: Just, just the annoying ones.
0: Just ones where there's like a D de- like a god.
1: <laughs> so stupid.
0: <laughs> oh my god, this mustache.
1: Oh my god, I'm starving. I'm gonna go eat some sausage oh, and my fucking fuck sit my own fat.
0: Mm, if I was Lee Majors. I wish I was Lee Majors, just so I could have had that. <laughs> And And a bionic arm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can
0: you imagine squeezing her ass with a bionic arm? (laughs) Bionic
1: hand? It'd be like uh, fucking Hulk Hogan in Suburban Commando and he squeezes the cantaloupe. It explodes all over that woman's face.
0: I don't find him sexy at all. Lee Majors? Hulk Hogan.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ever
0: since we reviewed that movie, and he's like so just gross. (laughs) <laughs> and he was doing push ups on the bed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was, <laughs> Oh, that's from episode one. That was awesome. So, all right. Tune in next week for our New Year's episode. Until Bye. then, this is Loaf Sang Loaf Oot.
0: Zom Sang Zom Oot. Bye. Bye. Bye.